This is Ashley Kelsch, and you're listening to Life Coaching for Modern Renegades, episode number 74. Welcome to Modern Renegades Podcast. This is a life coaching podcast for the person who wants to learn how to lose themselves in the moment, not life circumstances. Each week, we will explore mental and spiritual practices that will inspire you to ask, seek, and heal. They are for the modern renegade. They are for you. Renegades, renegades, renegades. Today, we are talking about love, your brain, and emotions, but not just any kind of love. I'm talking about that digmatized, that construct kind of love that makes you feel crazy and out of sorts. That love that when you talk about it, it's followed by, I don't even recognize myself. The kind of love that makes you want to lick armpits, that makes you believe every love song ever written was about you and how you're going to live without them kind of love. Oh, I know you know what I'm talking about because there's this collective belief that love is not in our control, that we can't choose who we find ourselves attracted to, that it's just happening to us. What are we going to do? I know this love so well. And if you're tuning in, I know you know it. I used to believe that if you weren't experiencing these types of emotions at like a fever pitch rate, that the relationship was missing that je ne sais quoi that qualified it as forever potential. I dated this guy once, and I mean, that motherfucker had this car with an engine. Because yeah, sure, all cars have engines, but this one had this kind of one that like, I would hear it coming down the street and I would start trembling. It was like I was sitting on that engine and the primitive response was unreal. He would literally lick the back of my knees. And because this podcast is like almost PG, I will not tell you what happened, but it's exactly what you're thinking. It was like something had taken me over. Unfortunately, this passion fueled the other side of the spectrum. The way we loved was the way we fought. Looking back at it, it was as if one was informing the other. Watching movies and listening to music or reading poetry has informed our culture that this is how relationships and finding love should be. The breaking up and the making up. That he's supposed to be chasing you and fighting for you and that it's supposed to hurt. That love hurts. Did you know that love, like real love, never hurts? People want to push back on this all the time. Like, well, what if someone dies because you love them? It hurts. Yes, this is true. Mm -hmm. But that's called grief, my friends. And we're not talking about that kind of love. We're talking about romantic love that we continue to seek despite how much pain we claim it causes us. Like, I want to understand why are we so inclined to do these things? Like, why are people so miserable dating and yet... You just keep on doing the same thing. I want to understand how we can become so determined to find the one that we lose sight of ourselves and turn our backs on our lives. I was listening to this conversation recently where Lisa Feldman Barrett, a neuroscientist, who I'll be referring to again shortly, says, if we can't explain why, we can explain what, which kind of inspired me. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I can't say why. Like when I think about my work, your brain on dating, my brain, I find myself mining for answers. But more than that, I'm coming up short. Like, do I really think? I mean, since the beginning of time, no one has been able to like really solve for this crazy being in love, right? Like how the fuck am I supposed to figure out the answers? So rather than trying to find out the why, 
I'm going with what is happening. And then let's just see if we can add in like a little how to or an approach for you renegades out there looking for love in all the wrong places. And I haven't done this yet, but I'm starting to think perhaps we pay attention and count how many times I use a sentence from a love song. <laughs> so far, two. Not sure if I do it again. Anyway, let's pay attention. Today we're going to teach and talk about how your brain is being hijacked. What is happening? And then I'm going to tell you how maybe you can hijack your brain being hijacked. And then you're like, who is doing the hijacking? And who fucking knows at this point? I get it. It's a lot. So listen, let's go deep. I picked up this book called Woman, an Intimate Geography, and went straight to the chapter called Labor of Love. And the question is asked, why do we love? She goes on like humans love because we're reproductive species. We nurture our young, we thrive in numbers, we love to evolve. The author says, we love for posterity, protection to self, and to set self aside, to fend off boredom, mental calcification. We have reasons to love, but what is the means, the biomedical of the art? It's a good question, right? She goes on, by the way, it's like the same questions I'm asking, just in different words. So she says, to understand love, we must think again about aggression, for the pathways of love and aggression are linked neurologically, hormonally, and experientially. You see, renegades, the human brain is an organ of aggression. It's what gets that ass out of bed. It's where that sheer will and drive to go and to do the things you must to live the life you want comes from. That's the dopamine. I got to have that combined with norepinephrine being stimulated and triggering your body's reactions. Renegades, love, and aggression share these same pathways in your brain. This is that licking armpits kind of love I think we're all talking about, thinking about, deep down wanting. Anyway, they are linked, she says, neurologically, hormonally, and experientially. I know I said it twice, but I'm really trying to drive this one home. This is what makes you feel anxious and crazy. When you're scrolling that Instagram, you're dropping all your work when he invites you to lunch, texting her to make plans four days in a row, not making plans over the weekend in hopes that they'll ask you out, and then losing your shit when they text, hey, what's up, how was your weekend, or when you can't stop thinking about them. She writes this in this quote, love it, we want to fight with the lover for holding back and with ourselves for craving more. The feeling of love stimulates our sympathetic nervous system. You know, the good old fight or flight response. Oh, and here's another why answered for you. Want to know why we get obsessive and euphoric over love? Because the pleasure part of our brain is being stimulated the same way as when you consume cocaine and amphetamines. Hmm. It's said that romantic love could be the first human addiction. For those of you who love this feeling, who are a little bit addicted to it, and you don't like the things I'm saying or going to say, let me assure you that the high won't be any less just because you know what's going on. This awareness and observation, it's just kind of like when you drink alcohol or take drugs. Consider that. Just because you know all the things logically, like the effects that it's going to have on you, doesn't mean you feel it any less, right? If anything, having the pause and the consciousness to what is happening will actually open you up to experience and love more fully and embody it. It's important to remember that it's no mistake we're made this way. 
We need the aggression and dopamine so we will be motivated to go after our person of interest. It's the evolutionary makeup. But this is all so useful, isn't it? And empowering to know that this three-pound organ named brain, if not tamed, is going to take you on some rides when it comes to your love life. I believe by knowing what is happening chemically, you can access your rational thinking brain, your prefrontal cortex, and manage the process, even if only just a teeny tiny bit. It's important to know that just because it's wired to be this way doesn't mean we can't overcome it. As much as we love to tell the stories of the crazy shit we did and the passionate highs we rode, this type of love makes us feel anxious and humans long to feel soothed and comforted. We find meaning in our relationships that are deeply connected and last. Our bonds with our children, family members, and friends, you know the difference. So back to Lisa Feldman Barrett, the neuroscientist who's been studying the brain for over 20 years. She says and found that not a single brain on the planet, y'all, not a single brain on the planet has emotional circuitry or hard wiring. She says it may feel that your emotions are hardwired or they just trigger and happen to you, but they don't. You might believe that your brain is pre-wired with emotional circuits, that you're born with them, but in fact, you're not. No brain on this planet contains emotion circuits. So she asks the question, what are emotions really? They're guesses that your brain constructs in the moment where billions of brain cells are working together. You have more control over these guesses than you can imagine. Emotions, they are just built. Isn't that wild to think? Like your brain doesn't have emotions. Like you build them. You build them into your brain as a way to react and respond to situations. Our brain is looking at the faces people make, the way they sound, what the text they sent, what they did, and you're guessing what it means and how it feels. This is why a breakup or meeting someone new from one person to another varies. Like we don't all process these things the same. Emotions aren't facts or a structured process that every human experiences the same way. You have built your own response system, even if unknowingly. For me, pain has always been devastating. Something that might be sad for someone or upsetting to someone else has been a devastating experience for me. It will take me out of my, like, if I decide and label something as sad, bad, not good, we're done. I'm out of my days. I can't work. I can't not cry. I've always been this way until recently. Now I kind of watch the tears and I'm like, this is just your body reacting the way it knows how. We're going to get to that though. Because I've learned that pain doesn't have to be devastating. By knowing how we are designed and understanding this neurological wiring, plus the hormones, plus having awareness around how I react to these things emotionally, I've gained some authority over my experience. You know, I'm a big believer that our emotions are useful informers of what is going on, but I think we want to question the fuck out of them. Some of the emotions you are operating from are guesses that you've been making on repeat for a lifetime. You don't think that there are other options. I want to challenge us all to just maybe practice feeling the facts of a situation. Dating, parenting, friendships, it doesn't matter. I like to look at the story that I have in my mind and delete the thoughts and just feel the facts. I can't always stay there and my brain wants to go back to the thoughts and the feelings that tend to come with the patterned way that I'm used to thinking. But it is interesting to just step out of it, see the facts. It's also incredibly informative to step back and just 
watch how your body is reacting by having this awareness it's groundbreaking getting to decide how we want to think and feel is evolutionary this is what separates the humans from the other species we can move past our primitive animal ways of thinking into that prefrontal cortex and decide with purpose how we want to think and feel just because you react emotionally one way doesn't make it concrete for everything all the time for the rest of your life examine your emotional reactions and choose the ones you want ask yourself what would i need to think to feel this way and just start repeating it you will feel like you're lying to yourself it will feel messy it will feel janky it does take time personally i aim to find and guide myself and my clients to a space and place where we can dial the emotions down we want to minimize the wear and tear on our bodies and minds renegades life is hard enough without letting our dating lives take us out when i watch myself meet someone new or experience the beginning stages of dating all the chemicals are bursting in my brain the only difference is now that i'm not under the illusion that this person is making me feel them or that the situation is more unique than the last it's what is happening chemically and hormonally in my brain based on how i'm thinking about the experience i watch it i bathe in it i see how i want to react and i try and wait to choose my responses when i'm not under the influence i do want to say it's not just your thinking because you have so much subconsciously so when i say thinking you are thinking tens of thousands of thoughts and bringing in so much information from like the way that they're moving what's familiar scent there's so much involved there so it's not just those first layers of thoughts i hope that makes sense when you're up all night stalking somebody on instagram deep in the street spinning stories wondering if you're ever going to hear from him them you might want to stop and have a moment of awareness around what you are doing and why recognize ah yes this is my brain being flooded by these hormones and stress because my primitive brain which is a 3 pound chunk of aggression believes this is important it's functioning exactly how it's supposed to by releasing dopamine which has me chasing him like goals and is triggering my adrenal glands releasing cortisol and adrenaline totally normal but can you drop an anchor where you are and breathe watch the thoughts identify how they make you feel breathe some more witness your desire your want to have be there it's possible to have a deep passionate love and not feel powerlessness or crazy we can acknowledge what is happening and then dial it down you know sometimes you want to ask why am i in a hurry to lock this down what do i think i'm going to find scrolling on my phone that i can't discover in person you know the thing is guys a major byproduct of being consumed and feeling crazy in love is that you're missing out on your life you the things you enjoy doing your kids your business all that shit gets put on the back burner and i want to offer you a friendly reminder that that's the unconditional deep meaningful shit that loves you back no matter what can't say that about all the people you're going to date i understand the obstacles that you have to overcome to reach this place it feels like you're going against the grain as a woman to not put finding a man first what i want to recommend to you is that if you are dating you get really fucking good with life on your own my favorite words self partnered i want to offer that you learn to love yourself so hard and the people around you that you stop banging your head against your screens distracted and consumed i want to tell you that not only are you going to end up meeting the person you want to spend your life with eventually but you're probably going to meet several other wonderful lovers along the way and enjoy them and evolve 
So let's just be mindful of what's happening in the brain when we're feeling crazy. Let's be mindful of the thoughts that we're thinking. Let's be mindful that these emotions we're feeling, they are maybe possibly optional. Let's learn to lose ourselves in our moments, not in the man. All right, next week, we're going to talk about some of those bonding hormones called oxytocin, vasopressin, what have you, attachment, because yeah, that plays a little part in it. All right, until then, have a great week. Hey, Renegades, if you're finding the tools and concepts I'm sharing each week about your brain on dating, you won't want to miss out on working with me one-on-one. I've just launched my program, Wake Up Before Another Breakup, and in just eight weeks, you won't question if you can trust yourself to date or why you can't find the one. Head on over to modernrenegades.com forward slash programs to learn more about it and how you can work with me. Let's learn how to lose ourselves in the moment, not the man.